I'm Asan and welcome to 9320, a new beginning of sorts and yet more of the same as far as what we produce and in the case of today's pod, what City produced last night, we're reflecting on another disappointing result this season, this time going down 2-1 to what I think are the champions-elect Chelsea at Stamford Bridge. Joining me to chew the fat, I've got Sam Lee from Goal, Howard Hawking and a debut for Julian Carter or Coach Carter as I'm going to call him. How are you mate? Oh, well, thank you. Welcome. Yeah, I'm fine, thank you. Howard, how are you? Yeah, not bad, not bad at all. Excellent. Sam, you're good? Knackered? Yeah, very well. Yeah, knackered, yeah, but good. Excellent, excellent. As ever. Uh, well, listen, without further ado, we'll uh, we'll do this how we always do this. I think it's uh, normally thoughts on the team selection are feel a bit wishy-washy because it's always more or less the same, but he's thrown a few curveballs in, so... Howard, starting with you, your thoughts on the selection of Company, Delph and Navas last night? Yeah, well, I, I think, for starters with Navas, I think Sanya's injured into for a couple of weeks. He is, yeah. Don't, what's, I don't know the situation with Zabaleta, uh, but they were they have both been injured, haven't they? So, at the end of the day, sometimes you have to put a player in that's not a natural right-back, but normally that would be a centre-half or something that moves across. Uh, I can only assume it's... Well, for Navas, for all the you know, the criticism we give him, and we know the end is near with him, it surely is, uh, it, he's got work rate. That's one thing he has got, and I think that's why he's been put there, because <laughs> it's, his attacking, it's his attacking exploits that have really let him down. So it's it's been muted before, haven't we, put him at right-back. And I think he had a difficult start on against Arsenal but he did grow into the role a bit so and there's just not many options at the moment as for the other two choices you just wouldn't have seen them coming in a million years but that's just that's pep for you I just find it surprising that he chose this game I just you know I don't see sometimes if there's obviously a reason he does it everything for a reason I mean everything he does is for a reason it's just not always obvious to us and I don't know we'd think Favre's heard company's been fit for months well a good five six weeks strange time to put him in or mm. maybe he's just edged up a bit in training as for Delph well I think Yaya's just fallen off a cliff the last couple of games maybe his legs have gone again just seems to be struggling a bit with Gundogan out and not many more options in the middle then yes it was a funny time to do it again in a big game away to the champions elect but Again, it's lack of options, isn't it? There's not a lot in there. And I, I think Delph could... I don't, don't think it's going to be a star, but I think he could be a good squad player if he kept fit. And, you know, it could be useful for the team. Well, so. look, we, I, think, I think we all thought that coming into the season, that, you know, you felt that Delph was going to get a chance somewhere at yeah. some point, but it just never materialised it's, it's, until... It's the time, yeah. It's the timing, isn't it? But so I think there's legs there. There's legs in there with Navas and uh, Delph. You've got distance cover than energy and I think maybe that was one of the reasons as for company I don't know why now but yeah. thank God thank God he, he was in he did alright <laughs> and he and he was there at the end and that's all he can hope for isn't yeah, it yeah no right. definitely Julian what about for you um, what what did you make of the uh, of the, the the surprise selections well I, I I'd have to say with um, with company it was it was much of a shock I mean the the um you know, the, I, I suppose with Delph there as well, but for company, I would have said this. I expected him to start um, against Hull on um, 
on Saturday come in. I, I didn't think he trusted him in these big games. We know he's been fit for a while. Uh, there's been... I, I, I just, like I say, it was just such a shock. And as, as for Delph as well, um, it would have been in. I'm just, the most important thing for me was, was that... He lasted the 90 minutes and that's all I wanted to see because every time he's, he's, he's started, um, I think the last time, um, I believe in that, was it Crystal, was it Crystal Palace and then, and then he went off and yeah. that's, that's the biggest thing. Every time he plays, for me, it's kind of hold your breath because I've been there as well when he's done his comebacks and he's just gone off and it, it, that's the one thing you want. You wanted to see him do 90 minutes and, you know, that's the only positive I'm going to take from that is that he lasted 90 minutes and that's what I want to see. Fair enough. Sam, um, just touching upon something that, that Howard said in terms of, you know, there's always a reason. Everything that Pep does is incredibly calculated. Do you want to posit a theory as to why suddenly last night company in Delft? <laughs> um, I'm completely stumped by company. I, and, and it's obviously just because, same as when Torre came back a few months ago, it's obviously just because... I don't know half as much as I'd like to think I do, but I honestly thought company was was done as far as Guardiola was concerned. Yeah. Um, with Delph, I can kind of see it, and especially as people have been saying after Monaco and some of these games, it's like there's no plan B, or he should have, you know, seen out victories better or sat on leads better. Playing Delph, another holding midfielder, is must surely be what everyone's been crying out for. When they ask, when they when they talk about how he should approach games differently, and Dalph, it was almost like Dalph was instructed to be even deeper than Fernandinho. So he was obviously there as some kind of extra safety net against Chelsea, and the kind of to block the spaces that Chelsea normally exploit. Obviously, ten minutes in, that was just completely undone. I know Fernandinho didn't track him, but it was just a massive hole in front of the defence, and it all it was all undone. And I think that that goes back to the the quality of of the the squad options um as howard said with torre it must be a pace of the game thing i mean i was I'm, it sounds like i was one of the few who who wasn't surprised that torre didn't play against monaco because i thought the first leg was too quick for him in in certain well at certain points of the game and obviously since monaco it's been liverpool arsenal and chelsea and though you know if monaco was too quick for him then all the others will be as well so i'm not too surprised that he didn't play but i wouldn't be surprised if torre returned at the weekend so with dalf coming in i can i could you know i could certainly see the the theory behind it i just again i'm just surprised i'm surprised it was him because again i i just assumed that guardiola must have made his mind upon dalf ages ago and just thought there's nothing going on here there's nothing i can get out of this very quickly, I'll, I'll digress slightly, but I know that you you were at the press conference after the after the game last night. Yeah, yeah. So he did. Um, he kind of said, "I feel as though I've made a mistake with Delph last night, didn't he?" In the in the press conference afterwards, he said he, more or less words to that effect that that performance more. He said that performance showed me that maybe I was wrong to uh, to ignore. Uh, Delph for as, as long as I have why is he saying things like that that seems like a really strange thing to say in April about a player who you've not selected all season and then you select in such a massive game it makes doesn't it feel like it kind of makes Guardiola look bad by saying that 
Yes, um, I, I think. Well, I think. I think. I think it does. I, I, I think it's kind of in character, though, and it ties into the way he defends players and says he's really happy with either individuals or or team effort. Um, I, I don't know if it's. Uh, you know, after the the Liverpool game, when he really went to town praising John Stones, albeit in a way that didn't, you know, kind of embarrass himself. It, maybe it's a, a kind of an attempt to to boost Dalv's confidence and make him wanted. But again, it, it I don't know. I mean, I must be honest. I I don't recall him actually saying that in the press conference. But it was because it was a, a lot of he. You hear him say one thing, you put your head down, tweet it out, and then you put your head back up and listen yeah, to the yeah, next. Yeah, so if he has said that, and he did say then more fair enough, but, to that effect. Yeah, well, I'll, I'll I'll take your word for it. And like I say, it is in keeping with his general approach to praising or defending players in public but it yeah like you say it is it is a little bit odd and there have certainly been enough enough games you know league league cup games and well FA cup games in particular where Dalv could have been an option and then to all of a sudden decide that Chelsea is the one <laughs> I, 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 I don't think any of us can get our heads around it. and, and no. in fairness and it's only in hindsight I thought this but it was a surprise that Nobody asked Guardiola why. Why yesterday was the time to bring them back in? Uh, I, I, you know, I'm including myself in. I asked him about whether he needs to pick the players up again and you know give them a boost. After, you know, as he did after Monaco. Yeah. Uh, but I didn't didn't ask about Delph and company. I'm sure that'll be something that's asked tomorrow when when we go again at the Friday press conference. I'm sure it will. Because I'm not sure. Any, I'm really not sure anybody knows. It just seems like a. I mean, I I I, I guess the thing is for me is that. When I saw the selection, I laughed because I was like, okay, I didn't really, really didn't see that coming. I think what kind of changed the way, what took it from being funny to maybe being something that I kind of went, actually, that's really annoying, is the performance that both of them put in. But we'll talk about that later. Um, To begin with, overall thoughts, just on the performance in the first half, because I thought that it was such a weird difficult half to try and analyse because on the one hand I feel as though we play some wonderful football um, but on the other hand yeah I mean the the goals that the goals that we conceded and the manner in which we conceded them um, Howard starting with you what did you what did you make of that first half performance was it as good in parts as I feel that it was yeah it was, and it was also, it was everything. It was the whole season when it just packed into 45 minutes. Uh, we just don't win. I mean, talking the game as a whole, we, you know, we just don't seem to grind out results against big sides, but we seem to play very, generally very well in them. But then we kick ourselves in the foot and we don't get three points. Uh, I mean, they started quite well, and after the goal, we had about, I think, a five to ten minute wobble after that goal where we just needed to calm down a bit. You know, Hazard was getting too much space. But after that, I thought we were totally dominant. Uh, I mean, the equaliser was a fluke, obviously, yeah, a fluke of sorts, if you see it, you know, relying on the mistake. Uh, but I thought we dominated possession, but we looked the more dangerous. Sane obviously had a great chance, and I just felt we were more likely to score one all, but then we undo it all again with just a stupid mistake, a clear penalty. And it's just, it's just the story. And you know, you can go to town on this team going, look at the stats. The stats are terrible against in games like this or 
recent performances. But look at all the games against our rivals, and we've generally been the better side for the majority of the matches. But we've discussed it a million times. There's underlying problems there that stop us actually ramming it home. And Chelsea are just an efficient team, aren't they? Mm. Just a very efficient team. That's why the the walking away with the league they just get results and we just <clears throat> we just don't a lot of the time even if we look more impressive and play better football so I mean I, I'm not bothered about the future I still think it's all going to come together but it's very very frustrating for this season so yeah um, Julian what about for you just thoughts on I, that I, first I, I, how would it's the nail on the head I mean you can go back to previous previous games where it's it's the same old thing you look at what Chelsea did I know jump in front into the second half and they just kind of put you know um, 11 behind the ball and it was kind of like break us down it's kind of like the, the, the feeling when when, uh, when we're at home at the Etihad when teams come and they just you know say okay break us down and that's it it just seems to be one phase but it, again it is you start you give a goal away, and the soft goals. This is this is the story of the season. We play some fantastic stuff, get it around. We can do stuff as individual mistakes that cost us, and that's it. And from going from one down, I must admit, I did I did think we could. I thought we were good for a draw last night. I mean, it's easy it's easy said in hindsight, but when you go one down, you you know it's going to be difficult. You're going to have to score two again. These these do not concede goals. I mean, you have to look at the table to to see that. I but agree. you know, when you look at it, they you know. Chelsea, to me, I mean, they get the job done. That's the thing. You see Conte on the sidelines. He's screaming and shouting and, and nothing's going to... I know uh, Guardiola's animated as well. However, you know, they're just, they're just efficient. They get the job done and that's that. It's shut up shop time. you got your goals, shut up shop and we'll take the three points. And that's the most frustrating thing it is. We, we have been playing good football, but it, again, we're talking about individual mistakes that cost us what the game. What would you prefer? Like, I, I'm curious because you've just brought that up. Yeah, so I'm, I'm curious as to what you'd prefer. When you look at, you know, so from the sidelines, the criticism that can be levelled at Chelsea or at Conte is, well, it's really easy to play like that. It's really easy to play on the counter-attack and be very, very efficient and, you know, to leave no spaces and no gaps. And Guardiola will say, you know, it as he said about John Stones, you know, John Stones has got to defend with 50 yards behind him all that space behind him whereas at Chelsea they just don't play like that do you think that there's merit in uh, I guess what I'm trying to say is that is the Pep way better are you happy to go with the Pep way or actually when you look at nights like last night do you sort of look at it and go well Guardiola's all style and no substance because ultimately you know Chelsea don't really get out of second gear Beatles comfortably are comfortably jogging towards the title and are doing it. Their, their supporters won't care one jot about whether it's quote unquote entertaining or not when they lift that Premier League trophy. So, what, what, where do you stand on that? Well, I, I think it's easy to say. I mean, look, ultimately, I think we'd all be happy if, if we could all put stuff in like it's different. You know, he's got his philosophy how he likes to play, you know, very defensive, you know, get the goal very tight. You know, Guardiola's completely the opposite. It's just. Go, it's just all go, isn't it? Play from the bat all out, and it's just attack, 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 and that's the that's the difference. I mean, I know I know we're going back, but this is the way I look at it. You, you, we're talking about um, Middle Middlesbrough at home is a great example, conceding a goal when they do nothing. Yeah, they do nothing except you're letting them do it. I mean, look, anyone can score a goal later on. We, we know that how it how it happens, but you know. 
Chelsea don't. I mean, I know it is. I mean, look, I know they concede, but they, genuinely they don't, do they? They get the job that won, but it's, again, leaving mistakes uh, about. Well, look, I, I'm happy with Guardiola. I'll put it out there now. I, 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 I agree with Howard. I do think it will come together. You know, I mean, you, you only have to look at the personnel. I'm not making excuses or, or, or saying that. People are too quick to judge, but we, I think we, we can all agree that you know, people like Navas and stuff are not going to be here. And that's no, you know, there's, I'm not just putting it all on Navas. There's other players that I think are, are the weak link here. Gail Cleish is another one. I'm not a big fan of him. I I, I think he's, um, it, it's a mentality issue in, in the in the, in the the big games. I don't think he's got the mentality going forward. I really don't. He's just so, um, what's the word? Um, he hasn't got the uh, positive. He, I don't think he's brave enough to, to, to whip across. Everything's backwards. Mm. But like, like I say, I'm, I'm happy. I mean, look, you know, it's easy to say, would you rather have Conte and do that you know I want to win the title I don't care who it's with but I do I, you know I, I do believe in the Guardiola way I, I do think that it can be uh, um, I think it can be successful I just think maybe it, it's going to take some time but I'm happy you know to give that time and, and to wait, wait with it Excellent Sam I mean the thing is sorry, sorry just to put in the thing is it's often been said that we, we're not really a club with an identity, you know, a playing style. Yeah. I'm not sure other clubs have it as much as they claim they have it, you know, <laughs> their DNA and all that sort. Yeah, yeah, but, yeah, yeah, I know yeah we've about. been very successful for a few years. Well, no, I'm not talking just about one team. <laughs> uh, but, you know, this the whole point of this, of getting Guardiola is we're trying to build a permanent philosophy into the club, a playing style. And it's it's very easy to sit here now and say, oh, if we'd just been a bit more sensible this year, we you know we could be in a title race. It depends. We'll only really know in ten years because what is this all worth? It was it worth you know? Mm. And it's ridiculous, ridiculous not taking a chance. With Pep, you know, saying no, we don't want to take a chance with Pep Guardiola. I'd rather take the chance, and if it it fails, it fails because well, he's Pep Guardiola. So, I mean, I do like a tight defensive unit, and it does annoy me that you know. I think it annoys loads of our supporters, yeah, and I think that the fact that we've come just, there from, must be a middle ground. Just I would like to see him just flexible and, and close and now games out and just try, you know, just try this the odd little thing. But they don't have to be kamikaze. His style, he's just trying to build possession dominance. Well, he's got that already, but he now has to make it more effective. But we'll only know, won't we, in a, in quite a few years whether this was all this. Thing whether it was all worth it, this huge project, and we, you know we've been working on it for eight years to get him here, and he's going to change the whole style of the club. Mm. Uh, it's been disappointing. I knew it wouldn't be immediate, but it's still been disappointing. We could have been better this year, but I say it's very hard now. It's very easy to say, "Oh, I wish we had you know like Chelsea's defensiveness," and but time will tell, won't it? We'll see. I mean, next year will be the ultimate. We'll get a lot of answers next year because they'll be in Europe. They'll have a lot more stress. That's and, the amazing. Mate, and uh, we'll have no. Pep will have no excuses next year. He's got to. He's got to be. There's no transition or anything. He's got to be expected to compete and have the team he wants next year. The wonderful thing about football is there's always next season. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. So, I mean, that's Where would why, we that's, be without that? Exactly. That's <laughs> why we're always here. Hey Sam. Um, just, I, I want to ask you about Fernandinho in particular. Uh, how did you find his performance in 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 the first half and just in general uh, last night? I think. Well, last night he wasn't. He wasn't like very bad. He wasn't very good either. He was probably about. Well, I suppose if you look at, it, he didn't track Hazard for the goal and he gave away the penalty. So it wasn't. It wasn't great, was it? Um, 
but he said last night, but I thought after that he was, you know, solid enough. And just because you're asking me about last night, but I do think this is what you're getting at as well. I do think, but maybe in 2017, maybe he's, he's not been the player that we saw in the first part of the season, you know, where he was, he was tying everything together and he was this big, this big player that everyone was talking up, probably myself included as, not one of the great Guardiola midfielders, but, you know, a yeah, proper a Guardiola proto, player. Yeah, a prop proto-Pep player. Do that seems think, to have gone a bit. Do you think there's a pattern... I mean, I, I've... In all the, the the time that he's been at City, I've always felt like with Fernandinho, you tend to get sort of... You know, he basically... He's, like, amazing for, for 15, 20 games. And then he just kind of... He drops down like two levels and, and he goes from like nine out of ten to six or seven out of ten. And we end the season and we still consider him one of our most important players because he always has that 15, 20 game run where he's at such a high level. Is there a question mark over his consistency, do you think? You, you might be right when you put it like that because it was similar last year. I'm and it was, it was just, it, yeah. Yeah, although I was only paying particular interest. Last year, of course. <laughs> my, <laughs> yeah, I understand. My, my memory is a bit shorter than than, than yours, of course. Um, but no, you, you're right. Um, and last year it was it was the same case with De Bruyne as well, wasn't it? Because his impact was so great. And then at the end of the season, it just kind of tailed off, and he still got Player of the Year, and Fernandinho was still second. And they're the only two really who were consistent at all. And but they were miles more consistent than everybody else. And I think this is part of the big step up that the squad need to take if they're going to get to. Not just where Guardiola wants them to be, but where the you know the the club, in terms of the owners, where they want them to be, because you're not gonna you're not gonna win things if if you've got players who are you know, the most consistent players aren't actually that consistent. You know what I mean? If they they play well for two thirds of the season, and I think I think you might be right with Fernandinho because it does it does seem to be a pattern around this time of year. Hmm. I think I just feel I I, I go along with the. I don't know if it's... I, I used to think, yeah, the squad's got a mentality issue. I'm beginning to think maybe we just overrate some of our players. Because, you know, I've, I've seen I've seen mediocre players play like they're world beaters. That's football sometimes. But I think mm. that, you know, the reality is that I don't know if, you know, over the last five years, for example, I don't know how many of those players are actually at the level that we think they're at when we talk about we should be in the semi-finals or the finals of the Champions League and we should be winning the title every year. I don't know. Maybe it's revisionist on my part, but... Um... I agree with you, Hassan. And, and, you know, sorry to jump in, but Fernandinho, for me, I, I do... I think he's one of the weak links in this team. And I know that people will, will jump to me and criticise, and I'll, I'll tell you the reason why. It's not just... It's been it's a, it's a pattern for a long time. I mean, I can't remember the last time he, he had a decent game, and I might be doing him a, a disservice now, and people say, well, he's playing out of position. I don't really care about what position he's playing. I'm talking about... The frustrating things for me is the, the, the needless fouls and the bookings. And I'm not... Like I say, it's easy to single him out. There's others, but I'm... You know, from seeing him play of such a high level and then just drop instantly. But it just seems to be, like I say, 
just silly, frustrating things, you know, for, for, for me that, uh, that gets it. But people say, well, he's playing out of position. He's playing at, at right back or he's playing. Yeah, if he's not up for it, then, he, then he, sh- he shouldn't be playing. But I do think that he has dropped off a, a hell of a lot. But he's not on his own. Though. Obviously, there's others. But I, I do stand I do um, stand him out as, as one of the highest ones that have dropped off. Well, I think the thing is, like I said to Sam, I think part of the issue with Fernandinho is that his high benchmark is so damn high that you kind of get lulled into this idea of Fernandinho is basically a one-man midfield. You know, we don't need to worry if he's playing because he can do the running of two men and he's basically our Kante. Um, But then at a certain point when his performances drop, you kind of go, oh my God, like we've, yeah, anyway. Uh, Moving forward into the second half, uh, Howard, was it just me or did it just feel like it was really sterile? It just felt like, you know, it was kind of the worst version of possession football you can see because it was basically Chelsea sat really, really deep and it was City camped in front of them, passing it from left to right, creating almost nothing. Ah, that's pretty much it. Not a lot happened, did it, until the last three minutes or so. Mm. Uh, I think they brought an extra midfielder on, didn't they? I can't remember. But basically Conte just... You know, shored it up a bit, didn't he? Uh, gave Kante a bit more support because Silva, I think, was giving him a bit of a runaround for a while. And, yeah, we can criticise City, but Chelsea, as as was mentioned earlier, they just did what they do brilliantly. They just kept the shape and they just contained us, really. Uh, I wouldn't say... So it's hard, hard to say we were rubbish because, we again, we dominated and we tried, but they kept the shape and they restricted us and that's just how it went. It was frustrating and, again, it's last few minutes when things, uh, when we actually got a, a few sighters at goal, but and then the big question is why not change it earlier, which is probably a question you're probably going to come to because I think it was pretty clear after at least 15 minutes at the most that that, that was how the pattern of the game. They we were getting the ball but doing nothing with it. So it needed changing around a bit earlier, I thought. Mm. Do you think also that Chelsea had another gear that they could go to if we had got an equaliser? Because that was the other thing for me. Is that... I don't, sorry, I don't. I hate that. <laughs> I, I don't like that term because it's, it's been used against City a lot. It's sorry, like, Ross. no, I don't mean for me. It's like an excuse, isn't it, when... You know, there's always a caveat when City win a big game. We've talked about this before. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, beat Bayern Munich, yeah, but they didn't. They were already through. They weren't trying. And I've heard it so many times, yeah, but they could have gone up a gear if they wanted to. Well, we don't know that, do we? We just don't know. I mean, they didn't create much in the first half. So to say that they could have just, you know, tore us to pieces in the second, I, no, I'm not convinced at all. But they just played the game, you know, knowing that because they're in the lead, they can afford to do that. They just restricted us from scoring. But. No, I, I, there's no way of knowing if they could have gone up a gear. Uh, you'd have to replay history, wouldn't you? To you know, and, <laughs> and we'd have to take our chances of being the lead. But no, no, I don't go with that very often, to be honest. Okay, I'm sorry. I'll I'll, I'll try and remember not. <laughs> don't to have to apologise. It's just <laughs> it's just what, it's just one of those phrases. <laughs> The next time I'm not on, you'll mention it. Mate, you've, had, you've had that agenda for, for an hour. You could have said to me, don't ask me that question about going up under the gate. Um, uh, Sam, in terms of how it's just touched upon it, uh, Julian, I'm going to come to you on this as well, but before I do, Sam, as the kind of neutral, do you feel some frustration at how slow Pep is at making substitutions? 
or from your vantage yeah. point, it doesn't. Feel no, I didn't. I didn't get it last night, and okay. there's a few times. Uh, a few times you've this Be- season, well, quite often you've seen it, and you think, mm, I'm not sure why he's doing it, but then you think, well, look at the bench. There's not always a good option there, or quite often, I think, kind of like in Monaco, we expected the big changes, but by the end, uh, you know, with half an hour to go, kind of thing, it was you could understand why they didn't because there was nobody to bring on, and it was you know he'd made changes to where people actually were positioned, and those changes were enough. But yesterday, I did think, right, nothing's happening here. Mm. No, Chelsea aren't being pulled out of position. Nothing's happening. You've got two fullbacks who are incredibly limited. As Julian was saying about Cliche, yeah, he, you know, he doesn't, he doesn't even want to put in a cross. I mean, at least Navas will do that. But you know, if someone stood five yards away from Navas, he's going to pass the ball to him. He's not going to do anything else. He's just easy option every time. And Cliche's even worse. And then there was just nothing really going on. And this time they had Sterling on the bench. And yeah, Sterling wasn't great against Arsenal, but he has had a lot of good moments this season. You know, he's had a very good season on the whole. And you just think, why is he coming on with 10 minutes left? It it just, it it doesn't really make any sense. And then Nolito for Sane was just nothing. Do you think that, and I'm, I'm not, again, I'm not trying to make excuses for either the performance or the result, but do you think the fact that coming off the back of such a big game at Arsenal, do you think there's some there can be some mitigation in terms of fatigue, mental and physical, just because there's so much? I mean, really, it's been such a yeah. It, mentally, it must have been a very very difficult few weeks to be absolutely in yeah. that camp. Yeah, is, is this a, is this a separate point now to the substitutions thing? Because. Well, I'm, I'm asking. I'm asking about the, the yeah the dip in the performance. I'm not sure it's linked. Yeah, the, no, it's not really linked. You're right. Oh, the, yeah. Point. Just yeah, yeah. General, sorry. I was the, trying to clear that up. Yeah, the the last sort of twenty minutes. Is it fair to say? Well, legs were going as well. Yeah, um, most likely, but it's just as much as anything, you know, City and especially in the first half, City was so good when they had spaces to exploit and when Silva got on the ball and he could find the runners, that's when City were at their best and Chelsea just completely stopped City doing that. They, as, as was said, they brought on Matic and Matic and Kante got so much closer to Silva and then that stopped Sane getting in the game and it stopped Aguero getting in the game but at the same time they didn't have any spaces to run into either. So, definitely think, you know, there was probably some fatigue that went into that but I just Chelsea just played a blinder really in terms of how to how to hold on to a lead when you've got a competent defence I don't want to get this confused with what people say City should have done at Monaco or should have done when they went 1-0 up at Arsenal and sat back and mm. defended because City don't have as good defense. as good a team to, to do what Chelsea did but Chelsea with the players and with the manager who knows how to do that and obviously the time to prepare between games, they, they're they better suited to do it and they, they did it perfectly in the second 45 minutes. And to be fair, going back to your question about had, you know, do you think they could have switched it up had City equalised? I think they definitely would have. Yeah. I think uh, I think they've got those options and that's why that's why they're so far ahead at the top of the league because they've got options to play pretty much every game. Even Palace at the weekend, it was the same kind of thing. If City had lost that game at home to Palace, you'd have gone... Same as the rest of the season. Stupid goals. And we made loads of chances one of those days. That's just what happened with Chelsea. They're they're just they're by far the best team in England. 
Thanks for that, Sam. Makes us all feel a lot better. The thing about the second half in Arsenal was pretty similar, though. You know, you talk about fatigue. Yeah. It's the same sort of, well, not a lot's happening here. Where's the intensity? So I don't think there's a lot of difference. Just, I don't know, just not that desire to really go for it. I think I think as well. When when you, I'll, I'll give you the substitutes that were on the bench last night: Bravo, Zabaleta, Fernando, Sterling, Nelito, Kolarov, Yaya. Now I think he looks at that. There's always a thing as well. It, depending how you're following the game, you're watching it, or you're on Twitter. I think after the 60th minute, if he doesn't make a change, everyone then reference Pellegrini because he used to make the changes at, at the 60th minute. Yeah. However, yeah. I, I'm looking. I'm looking at that, and I'm saying to myself, well. Who's who's the game changer? Apart from Sterling, I'm I'm going to say Sterling. I, I, I probably would have brung on sooner because, like I said, when you, Sterling, I think you know should be thing now. Maybe fatigue because he when he was with England and such like that. Apart from that, I'm looking at it and saying, you know, are you going to bring Collar off on? Are you you know for, for what for for crossing? I just don't know. The, the the interesting thing is with me and look, I I don't know anything. I'm not claiming to. I think it's very interesting. Um, we are yeah, me. I really do. I don't know if it's maybe because his agents been mouthing off maybe last week or uh, about another, uh, a contract again, and whether that's uh, annoyed him or such like that, or maybe I'm reading too much into it. But I do, I, I do look at the bench, and I just think he looks at it and says, you know what, I, I the better with more chance uh, of, of scoring with a team that I've got out there right now because like I say I, um, you know Nelito came on I can't remember the last time we saw him I mean apart from that, that great ball he put in for Aguero I mean that's it we haven't really seen anything but when I think he came on for, for, for Sane I mean you're looking at it and like, you can look at this and say about the, the depth you're swapping Sane who's electric who can you know like lightning quick for Nelito who's going to play on the on the left and he's going to cut in on his right so everyone knows when he's going to and he's not going to beat you for pace so you know, there's a, there's a lot of things to to look at, but I think it's it's strength in depth, and I think that's the one thing that that we 100 percent not got, and probably I, and I hope we we address in the summer. Howard, how does that sound to you when you consider our injuries last night were the sum total of Gundogan and and Gabriel Jesus, who didn't even arrive until January, and yet. Julian's just made a really, really strong point that <laughs> depressing point. Yeah, that that you've got eleven on the pitch, but then the manager's looking at the bench, and what he's got on the bench is for the most part either useless or ineffectual. Well, it's not that ineffectual. Sterling and Yaya is not bad to. Yeah, but we're in a position. Up. I th- I would tend to agree with Julian that I would suspect that Torres. Last few performances have been well yeah. short of the previous four to six weeks. And I would suggest that's because he has now been told or knows that he's not getting a new deal. So he's got nothing to play for. Yeah. So as a in terms of a situation that we could have foreseen, this is a situation we could have foreseen. And not only that, but right now, actually, this isn't so bad because we're not in a bloody title race and we're not in the Champions League. So... So it's it's almost like okay, this season's going to peter out. But can you imagine if we were if we were through in the Champions League and actually there was only four or five points separating Chelsea and City because the options remain the same, the problems remain the same, the limitations remain the same. So it does beg the question of how you end up in this situation. Well, yeah, but we've discovered we discussed at length, haven't we, the, the full-back situation, so, and we're none the wiser as how we've ended up in this situation. Uh, so we don't need to cover that again, it's just 
just how many players can you have of top quality? I think what because I'm trying to allude to is not I just, actually that. I don't think it's that bad. I don't think everyone else has lots of depth on I benches agree. either. And, and I think that... I, 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 think we're downplay, I think we're just saying this because it wasn't very good and players have been out of form. But you can't predict that. You know, Fernandinho's been really average. De Bruyne's been average. Sterling's had a bad couple of weeks. Yaya's stopped trying, perhaps. And, you know, I don't think the bench was that bad. It's full of experience and two players at least who could have changed stuff and have scored loads and you know changed games in the past it's just we're just on a downer a bit at the moment because it all looks a bit mm. dreary doesn't it the performances are, you know they're not they're not performing at the best I don't think Chelsea have got they've got two or three good players on the bench but again they don't have depth but we know that there's we know that there's weak you know to reinforce in quite a few areas in and uh, just as a side thing, we should be pretty damn grateful at other results in the past week as well, because it could have been a lot worse if United could win a game at home, or if Arsenal, <laughs> you know, weren't imploding a bit. Then, you know, this Liverpool didn't win last night either. And that, well, that's the biggest one of all. I couldn't believe, you know, once you went into the lead, you thought, well, that's that. They're mm. they're ahead of us, four ahead probably, and we've got game in hand. So. We've been quite fortunate in that respect, and now we've got games where we just we basically need to put these. We have to start winning most of the games left. We've come through three difficult games. Uh, it's not an excuse, but we haven't got. We probably want three more points out of those three than what we got as a minimum. Uh, but now we've got winnable games, so we just have to. Yeah, I, I, I'm waffling big time, but we just we know it's going to be a huge summer, I'm, don't we? So we can yeah we can look at our bench go it's rubbish, but we know it's going to be a huge summer. In actually, the, the point that I was trying to make is one that we'll we'll come to later in the in the Ask ninety three twenty segment as well. But it was just that yeah. at a certain point, yeah, the manager's job is to make do with everything that he's got, and as much as I love Pep. It struck me again last night that if you're really, really that adamant that you can't use loads of these players because they're just not good enough for you, why did you keep them? Like, what was the point in... Like, it just seems... I don't know, like, there's, there's something within this is has begun to sit a little bit uncomfortably. Like, you know, like the substitutions thing where you go in... We all agree that standing on the sidelines you're looking at it and going this is not working mates the the 11 on the pitch are not you know you're not moving them around they're not nothing is working so make a change from the bench if you're angry with Torre because he's been rubbish for for for, for two games or because you're worried that he's not going to run that much you've got Delph and you've got Fernandinho on there so you can put his legs on there Torre's a match winner that's the one thing you know about Yaya Torre that, yeah. that right foot is a match winning right foot Um so it's just and we do go on from outside the area as well. So you know, if we can't get near their penalty area, then Torre's the man, isn't he? Mm. And I'm not saying that you know if if he'd have put Torre on last night, it would have changed anything. But I guess that I'm just saying that as much as I can see Julian's point about well, the bench isn't loaded with world class quality. At the same time, benches are rarely loaded with world class quality. And the point That's is, my point, yeah, yeah that the, the manager himself should be. I mean, Pep's the guy in terms of being forward-thinking enough to make decisions that influence games in a positive manner. So I guess I'm just a bit disappointed that I'm, I feel like there's been consecutive games or consecutive big games where we've not got the result that we've wanted 
and I don't think that Pep has had enough of an influence when the games got away from us. Um, okay, look, I want to talk about something positive because, crikey, it's all pretty dreary. This. Um, how good was John Stones last night? Is it just me or was he wonderful? I just thought he was brilliant. I really did. He looks like the player I thought we were signing. Yeah, in defence, not in attack. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, yeah. Positive part of the podcast, Howard. Well, it's not a strike. <laughs> yeah, it's giving me nightmares. That. <laughs> I'm kind of, I'm kind of glad last night wasn't really that important because that that last minute miss. Oh my god! No, it should have been a penalty again. Before, I'm pretty sure Cahill. I'm going off on a tangent here. Aren't I? I'm pretty sure Cahill dragged company down as it deflected off his head. But uh, yeah, I think he's been pretty solid for quite a few weeks now, hasn't he? Uh, and the best thing. The best thing that could happen now is company stays fit, plays well, and they strike up a partnership. And if that can never happen, if the company's done, then what Stones needs is a regular partner. Yeah. You know, that's what I feel. I think that's where we fall down more than anything this season, where Chelsea are far ahead. They just, you know, I've gone on about it a lot, playing the regular team, but a central defensive partnership. Stable at the back. Yeah. Yes, I think it's the most important pairing on the pitch for, for stability and getting used to knowing where to position yourself and what the other one's doing and if he had a leader next to him a shouter an organizer uh, i'm not sure pepe is the answer <laughs> getting on a bit but you know even pepe and and an exciting you know another big signing i think with a regular partner yeah i just he's just been he's been pretty stable for quite a few weeks now i think mm. julian what did you think of his performance last night well, not just last night, but the, the, you know the last few weeks. I mean, I, I do. I think I think he'll I think he'll be a player. You know, going forward, he's he's, he's only going to get better. But again, you know, like I say, with you know, you've got a feel for him, haven't you? I mean, he's got a different partner every week. I mean, he's gone from Kolarov to Otamendi. I mean, everyone is uh, is at everyone. So, I mean, you kind of look at our back line, and you, and you would say that he would probably be the only one that's as safe as houses and staying. Yeah. And uh, and like I said, but, you know, I, again, you know, he needs company. Like I said, the, more, the the thing is, when I saw his name, it was just like, okay, just just please don't go off injured. You know, that, that's the thing. Yeah. It's just, if he can if he can stay, I mean, it'll be great. It'll be great for him. But again, I, I don't hold as much as probably you as, can he stay? Is, is he going to start? Is he going to start him against a, a Hull? Can he play two games in a week? I mean, we'll, we'll see. But again, or will it be Otamendi or Kolarov? So it's another different partner. So, but again, with these touches on the ball and stuff like that, look, he's, uh, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm happy to have him and he's only going to get better. But again, you know, he just needs that consistency. Week in, week out. You know, if you had David Louise, whether you rate him or not, or a Kale, them two have been solid. Whatever you think of them as thinking, they've been solid, but they've played week in, week out. And that's the thing, you know, uh, a good, and the whole back line, in fact, has been week in, week out. They've made the fewest changes in the league, uh, I believe. So that's what we need to do. We need, we need consistency and we need to know, um, we need the, the starting starting all the time. Mm. Sam, what did you make of Stones? Thought it was very good. Um, you can you can see him pointing people around and ordering people around. He, he knows what he wants. He knows what he wants to do. He knows what the people around him need to do. Uh, and c- considering he was so short of confidence um, in the autumn and going into the winter, he really has come on leaps and bounds. And yeah, you mentioned it right at the start. The kind of player you that you were expecting City to have, have bought in the summer, you know, he's he's really getting there. He is he is well along that path. 
to where everybody hopes he can he can be. And I'm talking about when when he could have gone to Chelsea or United or whoever. Everyone was like, you know, this guy could be a Rolls Royce defender. The the much the much used phrase, captain of England for ten years. I think uh-huh. England have got about six of them. Yeah, I don't know they're all going to be captain at once. <laughs> no, he's no Phil Jones. No. But that said, he's he, he could he could still get to Jones's level one day if he keeps going. <laughs> that, that's a joke. Come on. Uh, I like that, um, Sam. Yes. Uh, our I want to talk a little bit about the well. Before we do that, very quickly for you, man of the match from from last night for City. Who did you think it was? Uh, Silver, hands down. Okay. Um, yeah, he did so much good in the first half mm. that even though well, he was. What, I mean, what can you really do when you've got? Kante and Matic focusing all their attention on you. But what can you do? Poor guy. And also no protection from the referee who, who seemed to think it was just oh, fine yeah. to That's kick Silva up and down the pitch last night. I mean, it was farcical. Anyway, uh, Julian, who was your man of the match? Uh, Navas. Oh. No, I'm, I'm kidding. It was Silva. <laughs> <laughs> I was a bit like, whoa. Sucks the air out of the room. Then. Controversial <laughs> for your first performance on the, uh, on the podcast yeah. there, mate. He's not being invited back on. <laughs> <laughs> I think, to be fair, Stefan is listening. I'm sure he'll remind me, but I think he made a similar joke once and yeah, got sucked out of the room. Uh, Howard, who was your man of the match? Yeah, Silver, because he made Kante look bang average for at least 45 minutes. So, And as you say, second half, there was not a lot he could do about it. So, But yeah, Silver just ahead of Stones, I reckon. Okay, awesome. So, pushing forward, what I'd like to talk about very, very quickly is just... Now that we are absolutely uh, not in a title race, even though we haven't been for a while, but you know, last night was the last night was the you know the coffin going into the ground and the dirt being thrown on. So it's definitely, definitely, it's going to be no resurrection now. Um, in terms of the the kind of fight for the top four, what what are our chances? And or conversely, like, do you think United or Arsenal, either of them, have got it within them? to go on the type of run that they'd need to go on to put pressure on us. Um, Howard? Uh, no, they shouldn't because we've just done our... United have still got... Well, they've got us. I think they've got Chelsea, Anthony, in two weeks. They've got Arsenal. I think they've got Spurs. Uh, they've got at least two of those, three of those four anyway. And they're all uh, aways as well. I think. Well, they're at home to Chelsea. I think the Spurs is away. We're away. Uh, away to us, obviously. I'm not sure about the other one. So... They've just had their good run where we've had our more difficult one and they've completely cocked it up. So, yeah, I'm always worried about our top four. It's just natural. Until we're 10 points clear of fifth, then I'm not going to relax. Uh, but Arsenal away to Palace this weekend, so they could do us a favour, Palace. It could look better after the weekend. Yeah, I mean, United have got Sunderland next, so yeah, we're not going to pull away from them. But looking at this fixture list, we really should be OK. Uh, they they might have to win at our place to change that. So, mm. uh, but we should we should be fine. Uh, but we might be looking at a qualifier again because I'm still not convinced that we'll climb any further up the table. Interesting. So you don't think, for example, that we could overhaul Liverpool? Oh no, we could. But their runnings, I can't remember off by heart, but their running ain't isn't that difficult. But the problem with them, you just don't know if they could draw it over to Bournemouth, but then win at Chelsea. Well, so. they've just lost Mane, haven't they? For They've lost Marna, yeah, the Lana's thing's so. still out. Uh, so, yeah, it's just strange results all the time. Uh, I could tell you what the bookies think, if you want. So, uh, to finish in the top four, I think City are always, yeah, we're about one to eight on to finish in the top four. 
So the bookies are pretty confident. You know what they say, bookies always know best. About 1-7, I think it is. So. Okay. Uh, and United four to one to finish in the top four, and Arsenal about two to one. So, I think so. I, I do. I, I think so. And and you know, it's it's just when are we going to turn up? I mean, against Arsenal, you know, you, you start so fast, you get that goal. That's what I was hoping for. I was hoping. I know we're going back in time, but I'm just using this as an example. We 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 get the goal. All. All the fans start getting on Wenger's back, and it's just a crumble, and it just doesn't happen. I mean, you can look at that performance again, and it was just, and that was a performance where, you know, we should have we should have got points again. Tottenham at home, we're cruising. You know, we can go back on all these, and it's just points. It, it does worry me because, like I say, if it wasn't for Liverpool, when I saw that they went up, I was like, well, that's that. It couldn't be any more worse. I mean, you know, thankfully. Bournemouth came back. However, going forward, I, I just don't know. I just don't know what to expect. I am quite worried about you know the game on on Sunday or, uh, on on um, on Saturday. I am, sorry, yeah, yeah, I am. I am. It wasn't last yeah. week. <laughs> yeah, I, I am though because it's it's typically. I mean, it's just that they're going to call You know what they're going to do? They're going to do a stalk. They're going to do what every other team came. We're going to just put that and bat and there's just. You know that's the thing, and that's what worries me, as in the thing. But again, it's so close to call. But listen, if you if you give it me now, I'd I'd take fourth and take the playoffs, mate, yeah, and get in there because it's it's just so tight, so tight. Interesting, Sam. As the neutral, um, are you closer to Howard or closer to Julian in terms of should we be worried or does it look like fourth is cities at the very least? <sighs> yeah, I I do think I do think City will be fine. The only concern is it's difficult just to go, oh, well, they were difficult games. City have struggled against top teams, but they'll generally be all right because the mentality of it, oh, God, mentality has been the watchword of the week. But I mean, you know, just the, 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 frame, the frame of mind of playing those three intense games, particularly the, you know, the two in the last three days, the, the mental and the, the physiological toll that will take, it is, it is going to kind of be difficult to, to raise them again and and going back to what I said earlier that's why I asked Guardiola if if he thinks he needs to raise them again he, di- he didn't really answer it if you're wondering but uh, did, that's what makes me think a little bit they're not just going to click back in and you mm. know start showing the the positive stuff that they have been but at, at the same time the attack has generally been too much and certainly since the turn of the year um, since he got rid of the three at the back it's it's been disappointing recently since the Stoke game but I do still think City do have too much for most teams in the league that they will play and this is most of the teams they'll play now until the end of the season I do think the defence has improved and they're not going to concede as many goals to the teams they're going to face between now and the end of the season and Hull specifically have you seen their away record? No. Absolutely shocking since Marco well it goes back to before Silver took over, but since he's took over, they've got one point away and lost the rest. I think it's like nine away games. Mm. It was an, yeah. it was that nil nil draw at United, which you you could say they could probably get a nil nil draw at City. It wouldn't be it wouldn't be out of the realms of possibility, but they are shocking away from home. Bizarrely, Silver's not lost a home game in about three years, I think. So. Yeah, that's right. I don't know where he was before Hull. <laughs> uh, obviously, quite a good team who won quite a lot of games. But I think it was it, their home well, form. Since was it Olympiakos uh, and yeah. Sporting, I think? Right. No, Olympiakos, and then there was some weird team like that I'd never heard of before. 
in some small league that he either won the league with them or I don't know he, he did he worked miracles with like a team I'd never heard of before he went to Olympiacos no, it was sport it was Sporting he was at Estoril before that maybe that's, that's where he made his name that's what I'm thinking of Estoril so he went to Sporting and then to Olympiacos yeah interesting um, let's talk a little bit about this game on, on Sunday I think it, it throws up some I think there's some selection questions um, and I'd be interested to know how the three of you think, rather than what you think Pep will do, bearing in mind how mentally, physically, whatever draining the last few weeks have been, I'd be interested to know what the three of you w- you would do if you were in charge in terms of what sort of team you put out to deal with with uh, uh, a situation like the whole whole where they're kind of scrapping for their lives. You know it's going to be 11 way, way, way back behind the ball. Um, Howard, starting with you, like, how do you approach this game in terms of the selection, and what changes or what tweaks do you make? Well, I don't think I'd risk company for starters. So, Kolarov was on the bench. I don't know where Kolarov has been last couple of weeks. Uh, but if he's fit, I imagine he would come back in. Uh, then again, you're stuck with Cliche because he just won't play him at left back, will he? So, uh, but I bring Yaya in definitely because even if he is gonna. Even if his legs go after 60 minutes, I'd rather have him for 60 minutes uh, because he could unlock a tight defence more than anyone. Uh, obviously, Sterling comes back in because he's not played. And otherwise, it's it's going, it's going the same sort of team. But I put maybe down starts again because of the energy. Uh, but I don't think it would be that different a team. You just Navas goes out, Sterling comes in, replace company. And it's probably much of the same, I imagine. Because again... Yeah, what's the Hold options? On, so if, if, I, like, I want Sa- I want Sane and Sterling wide. I want Aguero up front. Okay. And, uh, so what do you do? Yaya. And a, but my thought, my other thought is perhaps De Bruyne drops out because he's been so poor for so many weeks. Maybe he needs to rest. Yeah. But then I mess all the shape up because then you go back to that Yaya and surrounded by De Bruyne and Silva is what I'd like to see the old formation of a few weeks ago, but. Who, who there's an, ar- there's right an argument that De Bruyne goes out, so... Uh, who are you going to right you... back? Oh, Jesus. Uh, yeah, no Jesus, yeah. <laughs> 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 uh, I don't know, is, if Zabaleta's fit, is he fit? He, he was on the bench last night. So right, well, yeah, I'll put Zabaleta in, I'll put a proper right back in. I think Sanya's out for two weeks or something. Just play uh, devil's advocate for a second. If you've just played a right winger against two of the toughest teams in the league and you've know, yeah. come up against relegation cannon fodder, why would you now bring in an orthodox fullback with a team that you know are just going to sit with 11 behind the ball? Because that, that's the weird thing with me you know, in the Navas thing as well. It's like, I expected to see Navas at the start of the season when we were playing rubbish teams. That's when I expected him to be a fullback, not against Chelsea and Arsenal. So, But the thing with Navas is he can't cross, when he really can't cross, he's in areas because all he does is put it low and hard and it, it's you know the first defender gets it so I could just see him playing against Hull and getting to the byline and endless crosses being cleared <laughs> by endless defenders so I'm not sure he's a better option than Zabaleta really who will who will you know overlap and just underlap so to speak and maybe go in different angles and yeah I don't know he just might offer something a bit different so okay um, Julian what about for you uh, yeah I I, I go three at the back for this, and and for the reason, but I can see it. I can see him going, um, Stones, Collar off, and 
he might have gone Navas, but but took him in. I mean, he probably will go Fernandinho and have him there, but have him push up because they're not going to commit forward. You know that they're not going to they're not going to play four four two, or they're going to go high. So you know, and you're going to need that extra extra man in. So for me, Clichy would drop out. Um, so it will be Kolarov, Stones, and Fernandinho, and then you know, does Delph keep his place or not? I mean, I, I'd probably rather have Yaya in. To, to be fair, and and then obviously I want silver. Um, I think I was right. I think maybe De Bruyne probably would drop out, and he'd have to be replaced by Sterling. But again, it's just that you know, I, it, would he would he start uh, collecting and have the two up front? I mean, I, I'm not too sure. I I think that's what he'll do. I think it won't surprise me if he goes three at the back on uh, on Saturday. Okay, fair enough. Sam, what would you do if you were Pep? That's not a bad shot, actually. Going. Going three at the back again. Yeah, I'd take my answer. Just, back. just kind of. In as I as I was saying before about you know how do you get the players going again and maybe just going look come on let's let's do it. Yeah, let's back. Would, would, would be a good way. I mean, my, what I was going to suggest before Julian suggested that the first one was going to be Zabalera right back just because. You know, he obviously knows the role, but he is just a leader, isn't he? And he can kind of drive people on around him, and he he gets forward and helps and out Sterling. And... He's actually much better in the final third than Navas because he's got the intelligence yeah. to know when to stay and when to go, and he can act. Yeah, I mean, yeah, he, he is more dangerous than Navas in the final third. It's true. But I mean, other than that, I could see, um, or I would play Kolarov because I think he's the best at playing out from the back. So Kolarov and Stones because City are going to have the ball a lot. Mm. This is if we were doing a back four. And then the rest of the team. I, I mean, I, I don't know. I mean, obviously, De Bruyne does look tired, but Guardiola doesn't seem to think that he is or or it's affecting his performances and that he needs a rest. Um, so so I'll just play the rest of the midfield. Or do you think he's just been crap? It's got, well, I think... I don't think he I think tired. if he's, he's crap, you've got rubbish. to say tired. I, but he plays so often, covers so much ground. Um... Maybe I'm maybe I'm making excuses for him, but I mean, but I, unless he's really struggling with with the system, which is very plausible mm. because it's a complicated system to play, and you know, great players don't necessarily get the hang of it. Which so it's plausible, but I would just I would be surprised, and I, I still think even though he's people talk about the numbers from last season, yeah, he's got about ten goals fewer, but the assists are still there. I think the impact's still there. The crosses from the right-hand side are such a dangerous weapon, whether he's actually playing on the right or he just goes and finds space out there. Um, he's hit the post a lot. Nine now, times. Yeah, not well, there we go, nine times, which is incredible. Um, Sums this season up as well. And, yeah. I, 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 I don't think he's been crap. I think his performances have been a little lower but maybe I am making excuses for him but I, I, I do think fatigue comes into it and there's just and this is why I thought Dalf was done because Guardiola said a few weeks ago you know I wish we had Gundogan to play him because Silver and De Bruyne uh, are having a lot of minutes and you think oh, you have got other players but obviously doesn't rate them and then Dalf comes back in out of nowhere but no I, I think I think fatigue must be must be part of it okay fair enough um, right I am going to wrap this up now with a little bit of Ask 9320. So we have some questions from Twitter. The first one is from Akash Agarwal. I hope that I pronounced that correctly. Uh, I'm going to give this one to you, Howard. 
The manager's job in any field is to adapt to his resources and get the best results possible. Has Pep done that knowing we lack quality? Has he got the map? Well, the results say no. So, basically, do you, do you want me to expand? <laughs> you can do if you want to. If that, if you just, no, no, if you just want to leave it. Has at, he got the maximum? Uh, it's straight. There's such a fight. I, I know it's so easy to be negative, isn't it? Because you just look at the results. Uh, and that that would seem to say quite clearly, no, he hasn't got the maximum potential out of this squad. Uh, but there's such fine lines, isn't there? I say little things could have gone our way and would be a lot closer. But, I mean, he's admitted he's made mistakes. And even as Sam said, you know, we've not used bad players that he's not trusted in the squad. We might have overworked others as a result of that. Uh, he's made a disastrous choice on a goalkeeper. And, you know, so that's the way it goes, isn't it? Uh, couldn't, no one could have foreseen it being that bad. Uh, yeah, there's been mistakes and he's not fully utilised the squad and some would say he's not used our youth players either which would have really given players rest but he's learning and he's admitted that he's admitted he's made mistakes and you hope he'll learn from it for next season but it has been frustrating and some of his decisions there's always a, as I said earlier there's always a reason but you just you don't know yourself what that reason is uh, and he's just seen stumbled on the odd system that's worked and yeah, it's hard. To, I don't, it's not reached the full potential, basically. Definitely okay. not. Uh, there's work to be done there. So. Super. Julian? Yep. Hawk Company, or H Hawk GG, asks, is it hope for Vinny's future because he started in such a big game? I would say no. I really do. I would say no. I hope so. I, I, I hope he stays and does that. But I just don't think he can um, he can count on him, really. I think his fitness is is, is just, you know, he's, he's one of the... Is he going to play week in, week, week out next season? I, I don't think he, he can. I don't think he's even going to play on uh, on Saturday. I mean, I hope he does. But he's here two, two games a week. So, you know, the games are still going to be thick and fast. So, no, I, 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 think, I, think, he's, uh, I think he's gone, me. I hope I'm wrong, though. Okay. Fair enough. Um, um, Sam, last one for you. Thoughts on Fabian Delft's future? Gone. Really? <laughs> yeah. Uh, <laughs> you look, 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 contrary to popular belief, Guardiola does change his mind. Um, and maybe, maybe he saw enough last night to go, oh, actually, yeah, it'd be really useful. And maybe the fact that he's English helps. But he's just not played for like, six months and he's not been injured the whole time and as I mentioned a couple of minutes ago he wants to rest De Bruyne and he never does because like, he's, he's played Dalph once and these circumstances in which he played Dalph was he wanted to play an extra holding midfielder someone who was going to sit really deep and block spaces I don't think he's going to in his ideal world he's not going to be able he's not going to have to do that next season because he's going to have midfielders who can dominate the game and just dominated it in a more in a more proactive way than sitting back and I don't I just don't think Dalf features in those plans at all he, he got used look basically he's, he's got used once in very unusual circumstances and not least because the squad isn't solid enough to defend and not just not and not solid enough to defend against the best team in the league I just I just don't think he's he's got any 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 room in 
in the squad for him. Uh, and, unless he's English and Dalf's happy to stay and be registered in Champions League squad and have a season like this where he hardly plays again. But you would imagine Dalf would want to go and play some football. Don't you I just think, don't think he fits in. But, but don't you think it's a bit of a, an indictment of, of Pep, though, that, that that thing that you say about, you know, I wish we had another Gundogan because because Silva and De Bruyne have played too much. And then you draft yeah. Delphin against Chelsea away. And I appreciate that you keep saying that he played very, very deep and, and he was there just to block space. But I thought that he played really well. I, th- I thought that after a, after a 10, 15 minute period at the start of the game where he looked afraid to pass the ball forwards, uh, he seemed to get into the rhythm and the pace of the game. And he was excellent. He was excellent in... In his recoveries, I felt I felt that he was better than Fernandinho. Um, and okay. Yeah, but, what, but I accept all this, and especially as he hasn't played. And against Chelsea, it was very admirable the way he played. But he's not being asked to play in the De Bruyne role because it's something completely different. And he's expecting De Bruyne to cover all the ground and go and score goals and create goals. And they, you know, that, that's why he uses De Bruyne every week. He's he's used Dalf once because he thought, oh, maybe for this one game against mm. the best team because we've got a defence that's leaky and maybe Fernandinho that's off form, God knows. But we need someone else in here to to sit back and plug gaps. I don't think he wants somebody that's going to plug gaps. And next season, he's going to want a team that doesn't need those gaps plugging because the defenders are stronger in their own abilities. The midfielders are, are better at monopolising possession and dominating games and strangling games by being on the front foot. I, that's why I don't think he fits in because he fits into kind of like a defensive mentality, yeah. a def- defensive way of playing that Guardiola doesn't have. And that's why I don't think he fits in. He's, he, yeah, he was, he was good last night. And as I say, especially considering he hasn't played so long and he's thrown in into a team in, against the best team in the league. But it's there's not going to be that many games next season. Guardiola said, look, the Monaco game, the players didn't do what he wanted them to do. He said last night at the Arsenal game, I think he said, I never want to see that a performance like the Arsenal game again. But, and this is where they sit back on the result rather than attack. But Delph is generally going to play yeah, gotcha. when they're sitting back and he's, he's not seen as a replacement for De Bruyne or Silva he's a replacement for just very rare circumstances and that's why I think it won't fit okay and I want to ask you just about Vinny as well um, because obviously you you talk to Guardiola and us three don't um, <laughs> do you think that Vinny's got a future no Right. I think they. I think they would have sold him last summer if he wasn't injured. No, but, but that's that's last summer. What I'm saying is no. Yeah, no. You're right. And again, I mean? Guardiola does change his mind. Exactly. But I, the thing is, I suppose a lot depends on the fitness. But it's the same kind of thing with Delph as well. It's you can't go through a season where you've got three centre backs. Even if next season City have got Bonucci and Laporte and Stones, you, you, they're going to want four. And they wanted four this season, but he just wasn't there. And when you ask about the centre-backs, he kind of forgot. He gave his answer and then remembered that company was also one. And this was when he was fit. This was about three weeks ago. I remember that. And and he's he's not there with the build-up yet. And Guardiola's reasoning was because he's you know he's not been fit enough to take part in the training session. So he hasn't he hasn't even had that first season where some of the players who are staying next season, at least they've benefited from the style mm-hmm. of play and working on it. Company's not even had that. And I think it would need a big turnaround. I mean, and he was good last night and he is good. I mean, nobody, nobody could tell me he isn't good when he plays. Um, I just, I think it might be a similar thing to the heart situation as well, where he's very good, but maybe the wrong type of good for Guardiola. 
Okay. And I, I just I just don't think he's got the characteristics that he wants in a centre back. Fair enough. Okay. And the fitness thing, the, fin- the fitness thing underpins the whole thing. Like he, I think that it's too much of a risk. Even if he got through to the end of the season, you know, six, six weeks of playing, could could you be confident that, that was that was the end of the problems? I don't think anybody could. No, I think the fact that he's tried to come back a couple of times this season and and kind of yeah. It's fallen apart. But well, yeah, we might even see within two weeks he might do it again. God, I mean, genuine. I genuinely hope that doesn't happen. No. But it's, it's a possibility, isn't it? And then this conversation could just be moot because we Absolutely. go, it can't, it, it can't stay. But you understand why the conversation is had because from, yeah. from a sentimental point of view, company has been such a huge part of everything since the takeover that it just seems like there's and I, I i consider myself part of that undercurrent that i see him put 90 minutes in last night and i go <gasps> maybe there's maybe you know maybe there's, yeah, yeah, yeah. Maybe I there's a way but yeah I, I that's why i wanted to ask you because i knew that you'd be realistic uh, right wonderful on that note can i just say sam thank you very much for for joining us thank you as ever good to be part of the new format Thank you, uh, Julian. Welcome. How was your uh, How was your debut? Did you enjoy it? Oh yeah, I loved it. Thank you very much for having me. With your pleasure, man. We'll definitely have you back, Mister Hawking. Thank you very much. Pleasure as always. And to everybody who listened, thank you very much as always. If you like what we do, go to iTunes, hit subscribe, send us tweets. Uh, we are now the ninety three twenty podcast. So if you search for ninety three twenty podcast, you will find us that way. And we will be back after the weekend with a weekend review show. Thanks for listening.